All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again with another episode of the Nolcast. We'll be looking back at the uh, NC State game, uh, obviously. Tonight, as always, want to thank our friends at Tarpon Sellers. TarponSellers.com is the website. Coupon code NOLCAST. 20% off uh, some of the better reds that are made out there. And uh, I just took place an order a couple days ago, Bud. I'm going to have be serving the... Uh, Tarpon Cellar Chardonnay at the old uh, wedding shindan in February. So I uh, look forward to that and uh, fortunate to have the partnership with them that we do. Awesome, man. Notification gang checking in here to the chat. Really appreciate you guys liking and subscribing. Uh, actually didn't tweet anything out tonight about us, us going live, but uh, we appreciate you guys doing that. If you are subscribed to us on the channel, you do get us live, which is pretty fun. Man, uh, first of all, thank you for handling the preview in the instant. This week, that was, was much needed on on your part. It uh, allowed me to get down there and help out some of my folks down in Fort Myers, and uh, really you know, enjoyed seeing everybody down there and and uh, knowing that you know a lot of those folks are are, are on the right track. Uh, if you do got if you guys do want to help out some people that are still struggling down there, uh, I know Cajun Navy Ground Force. I feel like does a really good job, and so does uh, Harry Chapin Food Bank. Which uh, if you guys want to just you know hit up one of those, uh, you know something local that's that's been reputable for a long time. I know we had a lot of people ask the account like, hey, who can I donate to to help? help down there um you know one of the one of the worst disasters in u.s history as far as well, certainly property damage when, when you get that kind of flooding uh but also they uh, they passed 100 uh, deaths today so you know our, our thoughts and prayers go out to you know, the families of those folks um but you know we are we are in issue pods we got we got to get to it and uh unfortunately you nailed it as far as the performance of the offense and I mean, if Leary stays in there, you, you might hit the number all exactly on the head, man. I mean, that was... His hmm. prediction was, I think, 24 to 16. Uh, wish, obviously, it would have gone the other way. Uh, <laughs> tough night, man. We'll try to make the best sense of it. Uh, I like the conversation that we've had pre-show as far as, you know, was there a drastic drop-off in uh, in production from first half to second half, or did you just pull a couple of Houdinis out of the hat when the run game that you didn't pull uh, out anymore. And there's an ancillary conversation to be had there as to why you kept uh, trying to rely on the run game in the second half. But that's, uh, you know, what we'll cover in the next 35 minutes and uh, try to make as much sense as possible of uh, what transpired Saturday evening. Yeah, man. So I, I watched this and I was like, first couple drives is kind of going a little bit better than I thought. And, and I, I remember watching them and they're like, oh, they hit some passes. It's cool. And in the second half, they they were a lot less productive, obviously. Anybody who sees these drives can see that. But I, I went back and I I watched the All-22. And I, I got to tell you, man, I watched the whole thing. And then I went back and like, what? What was NC State actually doing different in the second half? And it really wasn't that different to me in the second half now, maybe a couple adjustments right to some of the ways they, sh- they shaded some of this stuff some of the way they played they played their leverages and where they line their safeties but i really think for the most part if you guys go back and you actually don't need the tv co- or the, uh, the all 22 copy i think you can watch the tv copy for this look how much pressure nc state has created in the backfield either via just uh, whipping your offensive lineman physically, which is what you predicted would happen in, in, in the preview, and you were correct. The guys that FSU has out there right now are either not talented enough or not healthy enough, or in some cases both, uh, to handle upper-tier ACC defensive linemen. 
or by really well-timed run blitzes. And we did say that was the best linebacking core in the ACC. I think that's probably still true. I mean, Clemson's got a really nice tandem, but uh, the, those those are old guys for NC State's defense, man. They are really good. They fly around. They don't bust a lot of assignments. They're they're able to take risks, but still like maintain their gap. So you, you had a couple a couple times where you got hit with some nice run blitzes, and then I mean a couple times you just blew some blocking assignments. I thought, but for the most part, like, I didn't think FSU's offensive line looked terribly coached. They didn't have a million penalties. They they're just getting beat, guys, and it sucks because you can't just be like, all right, got to coach them up a little better. Can't they're just not that good right now. They're they're better than they used to be, certainly, but I'm gonna go off and and I just want to go through like the first 25 plays or so. I'm gonna do this fast because it could be boring, and I'm, I'm gonna describe these because I know you know like YouTube's important to us, but obviously I mean, we our pod download download numbers are huge. And, We're still and about 85 percent podcast. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, all right. So you start off, uh, Treshawn actually gets a nice five-yard run here. They had some penetration. By the standards of this game, this was actually not that poorly blocked, and Treshawn did a really nice job of having some patience and and squeaking out five yards here. So I was impressed by that. Next play, uh, he gets totally stuffed. I mean, this is just so much penetration from Corey Durden that the puller, right, they're, they're pulling – I think they're pulling Turrentine on this, okay? The right guard just gets totally blasted into the backfield uh, to where Turrentine trips over him. So one guy has created the pile of two because he just smoked you. Uh, next time, or next play, you're actually running a little bit of sort of like a delayed draw. That, to me, is good coaching, I think, in that situation. Your drop back game is not great. Your play action game is not bad. Third and five is not a terrible spot to try to pop a draw, and they do. They get one for five yards exactly down to the line of scrimmage, or excuse me, to the first down marker, which was nice. Next play, uh, Turrentine does not get the defensive end's hands batted down, so thus he bats the pass down. Uh, this is 32, the play where 32 almost catches yeah, the ball. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you got you to get his hands down there. Second and 10 from your 35, uh, Jordan completes a pass to Trey Benson. This is a fine play by FSU, right? It's it's a reasonable play to run. You get a look that makes sense to run this little this little kind of now screen that they run. They do it, and here, if you want to go back and watch, this is the fifth play of the game for the for the Knowles offense. This is just a good example of, of how fast NC State's linebackers in pursuit was. They just run this thing down, man. I mean, it it was a four yard pass play that I think against some some teams probably could have gone seven or eight, right? You know, and that was. Uh, that was in, in, instructive to me that it could be a long night. Uh, now, third and six, Jordan Travis rushes for 22 yards. This was just a crazy good scramble by Jordan, man. NC State overruns this very slightly. There's a ton of penetration on him. They're trying to throw a pass. He really doesn't have much of a shot. Throw one. And like the juke he puts on this kid is great. You know? So, awesome job. It's not really... When I watch that, after just seeing how good the pursuit was on that screen, the, the play prior, my thought is, oh, Jordan looks good, fast, like speed-wise. That was encouraging. Also, I'm not really sure how repeatable that is because I know NC State doesn't overrun this stuff very much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're pretty disciplined on defense. They're they're solid. But that was a great run by him. All right, then uh, Jordan runs for two. 
there's a replay here. It just gets totally smoked. It, honestly, the fact that he got two is is a good job by him. Um, Trey Benson ru runs for a four-yard loss on the next one. This is actually not that poorly blocked. NC State just perfectly times up this run blitz. And I do think they might have had something as far as the timing of the snap count a couple mm -hmm. times. Like NC State is a very good run blitzing team. I mean, if, if, if you're running this three-stack stuff, you are going to have to be a good run blitz team. Just that's how you do it. But they do it really well. And uh, they smoke this for a four-yard loss. So then you're in third and 12. Uh, you get an offsides call, which gets you to third and seven. And then uh, Jazz fall starts, which gets you back to third and 12. Quality, quality play there. Uh, and then you have uh, – this is something, by the way, that should scare you, I think, because it, it's something that NC State certainly saw Wake Forest do, and now Clemson will have seen both these teams do this. And this is that on the third and 12, if you watch, NC State all of a sudden goes from uh, from this to that, right? To where they are, they're playing two really wide DNs, trying to keep Jordan in the pocket. Yeah. They get nice pass push up the middle, uh, and they compress the pocket pretty well. And they're dropping eight guys, and they play they play together as a unit. Uh, I mean, it's it's there's really not much there to to hit. So. Next play again, first and ten. Uh, you're 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 back on your own your own thirty eight, or uh, was it thirty eight? No, your own thirty six. All right. Uh, Trey Benson runs for two yards. This is actually just a really good play by NC State. I'm I'm not going to fault Jazz on this. Uh, he has a decent block. To, like Dimitri Big Meech actually has a has an okay block. I think on the guy that makes the play. The 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 DN just makes a really athletic play to. You know, to bend and get under there and just barely shoestring the the back. Mm -hmm. This is a like if if I was doing film review on FSU's defense here, I'd be like, that's a hell of a play. Like he should be blocked out of the play, and he just made it. They actually had this one blocked. Okay, I mean, if I'm Alex Hackens grading this, I don't hate what Meach did on that. Unfortunately, it, it only gave you a, a, a two yard run. Uh, the next one, uh, Givens gets beat, and they also had a really well-timed run blitz. So that's like two and two series that they just have – they got smoked out. So that's a two-yard loss. You had no shot. I mean, Benson was just dead in the backfield. Then uh, you are on third and 10 from your own 36 again, another another long down. Uh, Jordan Travis is sacked for a 10-yard loss. Gibbons and Turntine are beat within two seconds here, and it's a four-man rush, no blitz. So – if you're dropping seven in the coverage and you're getting immediate uh, pressure, that's pretty good. So, you know, not not bad. All right. I promise we're going to go a little faster here because this is probably boring. But I, I do think, like, hopefully you guys in, in, in the chat and, and listening at home can start to hear some patterns emerging. Okay. A couple things we're seeing so far. NC State is a very good run blitz team, and they timed you up pretty well. A couple times you just got physically whipped at the point of attack. Through this point in the game, your backs are doing a really nice job of getting two yards or three yards when they probably should have got negative one uh, or zero. Next, okay, first and 10, Jordan drops back. He ends up having to scramble for one yard. NC State's getting pass pressure with three guys. This is just a, simply a math problem, right, guys? I mean, if you're getting pass pressure with three dudes, we talked about this in 2020. You're screwed, to put it in a way that I'm not going to get the, you know, explicit label on, on, on YouTube. Okay. Sometimes football is very simple math. <laughs> yeah, if if you it, can rush the three and drop eight, you're not, you're, you're done. You're, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. If, if you guys watch the Super Bowl when the Bucks beat the Raiders 
this play to me reminded me of that. It was like, oh, Rich Gannon. Hmm. That's a nice passing game they have. When the Bucks are getting immediate pressure and they're and they're able to drop everybody else. Uh so they're they're just playing some two-man stuff there. I, I think probably two man with a spy because they, they only rush three. All right, second and nine. Um Jordan actually completes a nice pass here to Pittman. This is the rollout play to the left that uh if you're watching on the TV copy, it probably looks like he drops it immediately and then he, he actually he caught it. He, Pittman did a nice job to go down and get the ball. Uh Dimitri ends up falling down, I think, because Gibbons gets bull rushed into him. And like they're pulling Dimitri to try to like reset the pocket for the little quarter roll thing they're doing. And he ends up tripped, I think, by Gibbons' foot or, or Scott's, one of the two. And so NC State was going to have a free rusher that Jordan had had to dodge anyway, because they had you, I think they had you well schemed on this, but they ended up having two free rushers. So he completes the pass in the face of that, which is, uh, which is good. All right, next play. Uh, Jordan Travis uh, pass incomplete, short left to Johnny Wilson, hurried by Tanner Engel. Damn right he was hurried. Uh, my note here says another well-timed blitz. So that's like four pretty good blitzes NC State has in the first 16 plays that have gotten home. A couple of them are run blitzes, but I, that one I think you can argue might have been a, a, a pass blitz, or at least a blitz they were anticipating You know, potential pass. All right, so here we go. This is actually a really nice play by FSU. This is the this is the the rail shot down the sideline to Pokey Wilson. FSU this this through this point in the game has had a real hard time um, blocking NC State. Okay, here they keep a tight end in and the back end, and they use a little motion to do some trips to, to make NC State declare what they're in. They get it pass protected enough, and ultimately Jordan just makes a great ball, and Pokey makes a nice catch. Like, NC State covered this play fairly well. They're playing, even on the plays that you're doing pretty good, they're not like bad plays by NC State. NC, this is, I was very impressed by this defense. And if they played this game again, I would not expect FSU to score 17, right? I, I think that expect them to score like seven, personally. But we'll get to that. Maybe 10. Who knows? That, that, that may be an overreaction by me. All right, next play, uh, Treshawn runs for two. This is just Treshawn pulling miracles, honestly, as far as not getting hit in the backfield for a loss. Uh, you, you had a lot of pressure again in the backfield. All right, then we had an offsides penalty again on NC State. So while they have you timed up some, they also have two offsides in the first uh, 19 plays of the ballgame. So maybe they're just a little jumpy and, and they're getting lucky with it. All right, then Toa Philly runs for zero on second and three. Um, they just stuff this stuff. Again, patterns emerging here. Travis incomplete, short left to Malik McLean. This is not a short left. Uh, this is actually the ball that McLean drops in the end zone. Uh, you, they slid the protection to the opposite side of the blitz. Jordan slid with it. They did a decent job to get a piece of the guys coming because it they're in the boundary. They're getting corner pressure or maybe nickel pressure from the field. Okay. They slide protect into the boundary. Jordan rolls with, with, with the slide. Credit the Jazz here, who actually picks the guy up and gets enough of him to where Jordan has time to get the throw off. It's a good ball, I think, to Malik, and Malik just doesn't come down with it. I mean, that's what what would you say you do here to uh, to to borrow that line? All right, fourth and three. I think this is another tip pass, right? The the ball that that uh, to Johnny Wilson over the middle. It wasn't dropped. I mean, I, I think the. If you watch it, it looks like it's going end over end. So 
Uh, is my internet being weird? Uh, we've had a couple sh- small disconnections, but I think everything's fine. Is this this is the uh, the slant on fourth and three that the yeah. guy climbs over his back? Okay. Yeah, I I I think the ball is tipped. Um, okay. Just the, the way it kind of rotated. All right, and then a couple more plays here. Uh, Jordan runs for seventy-one. This to me actually was was kind of interesting, and I wonder if this was designed or if it was uh, Jordan improvising. I think it might be designed because a couple times FSU has gone to this trips look, right? Trips to the field, and NC State has brought some B gap pressure on this. Okay, so trying to trying to be between the guard and the tackle. Now, through this part in the game, for the most part, FSU looks like they've been running some RPO stuff, and NC State has played this. They've been playing a lot of man. They're trying to get you to hand the ball off. Now, in this case, and by the way, guys, when I say RPO, I'm using the term correctly, and I don't don't mean that in like a cocky way. I'm just saying RPO to me means run, pass, option, normally meaning handoff or throw. That's the pass part. The run part is the handoff, not zone read. This is more of a QB read play to me because what they actually get is you get you get three over three, you get the safety who, who's playing way out, out there, right, o- over those three receivers. Then they end up, they, they kind of have this backer in no man's land. He does come on a pretty long blitz, so he's busting an ass to try to hit that B gap, right? And if the ball goes toward on the fake, he's probably going to hit it. The other guy is going to hit it, I think, is uh, is the safety who's playing into the boundary, who played pretty well all night. He The fake here is actually so good that the safety is outside of Jazz. Like, pretty long after Jordan has kept the ball. So you had this backer. Like, they caught NC State in a run blitz, which previously in the game they had timed up pretty well, mm-hmm. okay? The guy's his momentum's going all crazy. And then when Jordan pulls it, there's just nobody there, man. And that safety, the, the safety miss, like catching them in that run blitz and pulling the ball got you about 10 to 15 yards. The safe, like the, the quality of the fake and, and the safety into the boundary, reading it so hard is what you, what got you like the other 50 or 60. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that Jordan's wheels look a little bit better in this game than they have in prior games. So that, that to me was impressive. And then I will say on the very next drive, they came back to that same look and they actually, through a delayed screen where it looked like Jordan was trying to hold a little bit and read it. And then he throws it out there and they got eight. So I, I did like that from the coaching staff. There's not a whole lot you can do in my opinion, right? Uh, when you're giving some pass pressure up against three and four, it, it's, it's just, there's not a bunch. Now I will say the data kind of lies to me in this game. A little bit because if you say, Hey, bud, like what was their stuff rate? Okay. I mean, r- runs for zero or negative yards, FSU was only 28% or 29% allowed. But if you expand that out a little bit, I I, I think that's probably more instructive. Here's a number for you only 37% of rushes exceeded five yards. Okay. They had a lot of runs that were zero, one, two, and three they were not a consistently good run team. And I I really kind of thought the answer was to try to chuck it up more. And I know I'm probably hypocritical saying this because we just went over the fact that, I mean, how many pass plays did they actually throw 
and they had a lot of pa- like they had a lot of pass pressure against them almost immediately w- without the use of extra blitzers. So I mean, you could say, look, if you're Mike Norvell, you're thinking, hey, my defense is actually playing pretty well. NC State's offense going into this one has not played well. I don't want to do the more risky thing, which is throw the football all that much, uh, because we could risk turnovers, fumbles, interceptions, all, all that kind of stuff. And I get that. I do. I, I, I think Mike's in kind of a hard place here where I, in real time, like, man, chuck it up. Throw it a little more. Like, you're you're not going to run on these guys for the most part. Uh, I, I, I would like to see, like, more play action shots on early downs in the second half to try to just get that one kill shot. But, I mean, I will point out here, they um, – shoot, there was actually a guy on Twitter who replied – uh, when you tweeted some of that stuff to the account, I, I thought he had a good point. He said, um, it was Tom on Twitter. So shout out Tom. Uh, he said they ran 13 plays in the second half. Nine were passes, two of which were, were on first down. They were pressured heavily on three or four of the passes, had two drops through an interception and had a personal foul. How is that poor game management? And honestly, like, He's not wrong. When we're saying, hey, I'd like to see more passes in the second half, I mean, what's he really saying? Like three to four more passes that they called as runs? I would I would guess. By the way, FSU ran 23 plays in the second half. Yeah, so yeah I mean, not... the sample size is, is very small. And a whole lot of three and outs will do that to you. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's just frustrating. Um, I would have liked to have seen you throw the ball more. I realize yeah. that, <clears throat> look, you know, when you're at the state of where this offensive line is, there's there's problems with whatever you're trying to do offensively. And, uh, you know, give credit to uh, to Robert Scott for coming back and playing better. I thought better, he played well. Playing better than I could have thought he played. Uh, Jazz has, has got some, uh, you know, he's, he's got a whole lot of variance. Uh, when it's bad, it's real bad. Uh, but, you know, you, you know what you got there and you're trying to just make it a serviceable piece. Uh, but you're just banged up. You're banged up as hell along the offensive line. And uh, I just don't, you know, there's nothing that you can do that's great. Uh, you just have to try to figure out you got to have more production than you did in the second half. I mean, it's just in, inexcusable. And I, I realize there's reasons why. And, and NC State's a, a really good defense with a couple pieces in particular. But you can't have that level of production in the second half. Uh, so it's it's sort of like all right so I, I i my dad bought me this little adjustable basketball rim for my son it, it clips on to our, our our basketball goal that we have in the front yard and no matter how hard he tries to make adjustments he's not gonna be able to dunk <laughs> there is there is some shot that or there is some chance that he can just chuck up enough balls and that one will go in okay there is a zero percent chance that he is going to be able to dunk anytime soon on that rim because I have it high enough to where like I actually wanted to practice shooting the ball, not just like laying it in there a little bit. That's kind of like the run game in the pass game. Okay. Could a lot of bad things happen if you pass it? Yeah. It's very unlikely you're going to get good things to happen against that defense with your current blocking state, man. And the tight ends need to be thrown in on this too. I mean, there's a reason we did like a three minute preview and it was like the most depressing thing we've ever done. And I, I don't regret that because they're oof. Uh, quantity does not equal quality as far as scholarship distribution there. Yeah, I, I'm. 
that kind of applies to next week. Yep. Yeah, we'll have those. Clemson is we'll much better up front than, than, than NC State is, and their linebackers are pretty damn good. Their secondary is real banged up. They're playing some like legit third stringers. We'll talk about this in the preview, but you you can't be afraid to come out chucking it against Clemson, but it will increase the chance that you lose big. But it's yeah. probably your only hope to actually win. And I, I did think the strategy, and I talked about this in the instant, was to not like just negate the first quarter, but to survive it, to make sure you don't go yeah. up to Raleigh. Uh, what is it, three nothing after the end of the first quarter or something like that? You you lived through the first quarter, had a great second quarter, and then you know lost whatever that was. Whether it was a couple looks you found in the run game, whether it was a couple kind of Houdini esque uh, plays of, of making you know runs statistically look a lot better than they were as far as what was there, uh, but. The, Second quarter was friggin' brilliant, man. And, yeah. the, you know, the, it's just as frustrating as the special teams are. You come up with an incredible play to give yourself a chance to score at the end of the half uh, with the with a punt return there. That's a kind of diversion that I love. Um, it's just, you know, you 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 turned in one of the better second quarters I've seen and you turned in one of the, you know, one of the worst second half performances that this program's seen in a, in a decade or so. So uh, really tough, frustrating night. What what happens if if one of those big catches in the second quarter happens in in the third or fourth, and one of those drops in the third or fourth happens in the second? Like, how does our narrative change with the same amount of production based on how it's spread out? You see what I'm saying here? Like, the one of the main differences in in the second quarter and the third and fourth is that FSU's guys caught the ball. Yeah, it's it's you know, a I good said point on cover too. Three today, I was yeah. like, look, man, if yeah. Jordan Wilson caught the ball consistently. He wouldn't be wearing a Florida State helmet. He'd be wearing an Alabama or a Georgia helmet. Yeah. Because at that size, you'd be in high demand in the transfer portal if you had any production in your college career or could catch the ball consistently. There's a there's a reason you're able to get him. Uh, yeah. And you've done well so far developing. You knew the kid had a problem catching the ball, and unfortunately that you know reared its head uh, in this game. Um, and I think you bring up a good point as far as distribution of success. And when we look back on it, it can make you look, make it think that, oh, you've got this great thing figured out in the second quarter. And then all of a sudden you forgot how to coach in the second half. Um, same time, I do think if you score, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think if you score a touchdown anywhere in the second half, you win that yeah. game uh, and, and you didn't. So no reason to go back and, you know, relitigate uh, what could have been as far as if you would have scored here, whenever. But um, it, it is interesting to take a little bit of a deeper look at, at the offensive production you had and and what exactly it was a byproduct of. Have you had a chance to go back and watch the pick? Yes, I have. The final I pick. Think, uh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's actually a read. I, I think it's I think it's it's a design. It's a design corner. Looks more like that to me. It does. Because, like, based on when Jordan throws it, like, I think he's expecting Pittman to get there. Now, now look, that I could be wrong, right? Maybe it is a read and and Pittman, you know, is, is going to convert that to something else. The guy does get on top of him a little bit. He'd like to see him finish out the route more if, that, if it's not a read. If it is a read, I, I understand him trying to break it off into something different a little bit. Um. You know, and I also understand Jordan kind of getting 
kind of flippant there on the sidelines with, with Norvell. He knows he just lost the game. He knows the offense just screwed up and, and was terrible in the second half. Like he may not want to hear a coaching point at that point. Now, Mike's Mike's job is to give it to him, but I also get Jordan's viewpoint on that, where it's like, look, man, how many dimes did I throw in the second half that did that these losers just dropped? Right. <laughs> now, granted, now they made some great catches for you in the first half, and you're not like a you know beyond reproach NFL quarterback. So it's not a good look. I'm just saying. People that are flipping out about this, this happens, man. Like, you ever play competitive sports? You ever have a coach get on you? Like, dude, like, get the F off me. I know what I did. I know what I messed up. Like, I don't need a coaching point after every mistake. But yet, that's that is Mike's job to coach him. So I, I understand what, what they were both doing there. I just, I don't know. I saw people blowing up on Twitter about it, man. I'm just like, all right. Maybe there's more here, but I'm, I'm not yeah, really sure. Yeah. I think if that's the only time you've had, I don't know. I mean, look. You know, I said fair. this on the instant. You 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 analyze these things because you lost at twelve at midnight. You know, yeah. I mean, and you dig deeper into stuff. If Florida State wins that game, nobody's talking about Jordan. You know, dismissing Mike when he's trying to coach him up after a, an interception or or uh, some of the things that transpired last weekend. So, um, again, uh, when you lose games, these are the conversations you have, and you and you look at you know uh, body. Uh, body language and interaction of the coach and quarterback and, and other things like that. So um, you want to talk about some guys that played well? I'd love to. I, th- I think you need to give some credit to Fuller's defense. I, I do at least. Uh, you, you did in the instant, obviously. I, I, and granted, I mean, NC State threw one pass in or two passes in the second half, right? He, Chambers threw one and, and uh, did not fall complete. And the Thayer Thomas uh, threw one pass and went for a five-yard loss. So I would expect you to be able to uh, shut those guys down. But they actually did do a pretty good job of limiting them. Now, you could say, hey, uh, I'd like to see a little bit lower rush success rate allowed because NC State actually did have, I mean, 50% of NC State's rushes went for five or more yards. So that's concerning, but you're already missing Lovett, okay? Um, I mean, McLennan, he's, he's dinged. Cooper goes down in the game, doesn't return. Who knows on, on, on that one? 12 is dinged. Uh, five is dinged. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I, we'll, we'll do the Clemson preview on Thursday, but the, this conversation that we're having right now is where I pull back the reins of optimism, uh, relatively hard. I just don't know. Yes what you have up front on defense at all. Right they now. emptied the clip, I think, in this game. Yeah. I, I, I'm very uh... – remember all the shit we got when, when we said, hey, it is so important that you won those first four games because there is a chance that you go in three in the next. Not a great chance, but if things don't go the right way injury-wise, there's a chance. The real key here is get, get to the bye week, get healthy following that Clemson game. Cause we knew they were going to, or that, that Louisville game. We, we knew they were going to beat Boston college. Point remains, man, given who you have healthy and who you don't have healthy, the expectations for this team should be adjusted downward significantly. I still think they have a pretty good shot to make a bowl. Yeah. You got to make a bowl. You, we're, yeah. We're having trouble in conversations if you don't make a bowl. Um, I also think it's a reason to not empty the clip this weekend. I mean, I look, I, I realize right. it's 
it's Clemson. It's a night game. It's a college game. Crazy stuff happens. Uh, dog, if you got a chance to make sure, as, as much as you can make sure, uh, a kid's health is there for the final five games, I wouldn't push anybody back early against Clemson. I mean, particularly if you're talking about getting one Talk kid about back when there's another yeah. four. Yep, Fabo, sure. Cooper, uh, any of these guys. Uh, they're just what are you going to get out of Darius? I yeah, mean, we're going to look he, back. He left the game late. And we're going to decide the trajectory of this program and the success of this season based off the five games that are after Clemson. And I realize it's awesome to play them and, and you got a chance to win. I'm not saying there's a zero chance or anything else like that. But this 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 season is going to be dictated on what happens after the bye week. Oh. 100% agree. Um, I thought Pat Payton played well. Hell, Leonard Warner gave you something, man. That was encouraging. Warner played well. I'm a little worried about Briggs. I understand he's moving back inside. That just hasn't transpired at all like I thought it would. Uh, On the outside, I think there may be a little bit of injury situation there as well. Um, But that will will give a little bit of depth. And 44 is – I'm excited to see what 44 turns into. And some some nice plays there. Uh, I thought Bethune played really well, you know. Could have been could have seen better better feel from the safeties, honestly. Just in in, in watching, like, eh, I don't know. In, NC State safeties look better to me as far mm-hmm. as coming downhill and, and and wrapping up. But corners, I thought were fine. You know, it, it's uh, I'm I'm pretty pleased with what this defense gave. Now, I do think if I'm an NC State fan, I'm very annoyed at this offense. You got a kid who I think will play in the NFL in, in Leary. And he saved you time and again last year. Basically like, hey, let's run the ball on first down every time, and then we'll throw a, a, a pass to the back of the backfield. Third and seven, save us, Devin Leary. Um, that is uh, that is the Tim Beck offense at times. God, certainly. they suck at that. I mean, like I, I would I would go like Jeff Bowden-level nuclear if I had an NC State podcast. <laughs> I, I, I mean, dude. Tim Beck's offense is hot garbage. They are, whew, they're bad. Uh, but you still made them look bad, which is encouraging. They were four and a half, four and a half yards to play. I think it was. I don't probably what four six if you take down the kneel downs there. I guess because they had well, they had four kneel downs or one run and then three kneel downs in the half or in the game. That's pretty bad. Um, I. The, the crappy part is that you did knock their quarterback out, who's probably their best player on that offense, and you still didn't win it. I think that's like that's the part that I mean, if you're a Nolcast listener and you expected to win that game, I don't know, like maybe the I mean, you can just disagree with us. That's fine. We're, we're, we're wrong plenty. But the fact that that you knock Lear out of the game, they bring in a kid who doesn't complete a pass and he beats you. That is kind of embarrassing. Even if I do think you were getting physically whipped in both halves, you just you pulled some stuff out of your out of your butt in the first one, you know, and you didn't catch the ball very well in the second half. It sucks, man. Yeah, I mean uh, the fact that you knocked the quarterback out the manner that you did, and the BS penalty that ensued, and uh, nobody gives a damn about my thoughts on like broader football, particularly pro football. And I don't care about the Falcons y'all. So please don't like interpret this as me being disappointed that the Bucks beat the Falcons, but 
if this is where we're going to take rough in the passer, uh, this oh, sport is, yeah. is, is gone, man. You can't do it. I just, I don't want to derail where we are, but, um, we're, we're in the process of killing the sport. So, uh, that's my, that's my 32nd rant on, uh, on this. And I know there was a bad one tonight in the Monday night game as well, Cedric. And I saw that just as we, uh, just as we fired up. So, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, there, there's one tonight on Monday Night Football. Because yes, there was an insane one about three years ago. I retweeted this when uh, Chris Jones hit Brady while he's being blocked. He's like <laughs> trying to like swat the pat, and he hits him on the shoulder. There's like no face contact. He, mm-hmm. he almost, and it, they they called it on that. It was uh, pretty amazing. Um, it's uh, I don't. Well, wait, again, this is this is a. 30-minute conversation that has nothing to do with Florida State football, and this is a Florida State football podcast. So we'll get back to the subject matter at heart, but I, I have right. long-term concerns for where we're going with the sport. You know it did piss me off a little bit? Coming out of the half, you, you want to be fired up. You, you want to set the tone. This is the only real gripe I have about the defense. Run for eight, run for six, run for one, 25-yard pass play. Seven yard pass play. That's the one Jamie got hurt on. Did it seem like FSU was getting guys hurt every other play? Like they had a million free timeouts in this game. Uh, I, I, would, I would make that joke, except for like they had guys who didn't come back. So I don't think they were faking, you know. Uh, then you 16 yard run, two yard run, nine yard pass, uh, two yard run, and then uh, 10 yard pass. So it just, they just sliced you coming out of the half there. And then, uh, after that, you actually get a decent stop, and then after that, you knock you knock Leary out of the game. So then the other problem here is like you knock Leary out of the game. They run the ball. This is the other drive that kind of ticked me off. I don't know how much advanced research FSU has done on the backup, but the, I guarantee you they've done some, right? Like they they have notebooks, they have like forty interns. Somebody had the job this week to go back and look at Charleston Southern and, and see this kid throw, you know? All right. Run for four, run for one, run for eight, run for five, run for 11, run for one. Incomplete pass. Terrible. Okay, we can't throw it again. <laughs> this guy. Run for two, 40-yard field goal. That's another opportunity you had to, to take advantage and change the game. You just knocked their quarterback out. The backup, if he looks as bad in the game, he probably looks pretty bad in practice, I would guess. They know it, and yet they buckle down and they continue to run the ball on you. But you're you got guys who are hurt too, and I just, you know, you don't have you know, you don't you don't really have the dudes that you want there. But I thought that was kind of disappointing. Who else played well? I I don't know. I I I have a hard time getting on the D line with, with with who I know to be banged up there. I know it's frustrating to see a team come out of the second half and score, and it's happened two weeks in a row. I, I just, I'm, I have a hard time being critical of the defense at all, really. Uh, I know yeah. that we just spent about 90 seconds clowning on Tim Beck. The guy does have the ability to make adjustments, too. You know, I mean, he's worked at Texas, Ohio State. Sometimes that's going to happen. I don't, I don't love it. It sucks to see, but I'm not going to sit here and bang on the defense because another team scored a touchdown. It's just, uh, yeah. It is what it is, and uh, like you said, when when you're as 
much of a mash unit, uh, particularly the the front four as you are. I'm just not going to spend a whole lot of time crapping on Fuller or anybody else on the defense. If you'd lost as many guys off last year's team, we're not having a conversation about the one defensive drive that we didn't like or this series <laughs> of play calls that it's we're going to nitpick, right? Yeah. Or this last second interception that, that FSU threw. We're like, man, let's go to the drive of the game here. And, uh, well, we, it's, there's only one. And, it, I mean, we did have this conversation last year. It was Jacksonville State, not NC State. This team, if this team is relatively healthy, I think they're like a top 25 to top 20 level team. If they have as many guys they have out right now, I think they're like a, like a, like a 50th level team. You know, maybe, maybe like 45, somewhere in that range, which is sort of like any given Saturday depends on matchups type thing. Yeah. So we went through most of the defensive uh, injuries. If there's any that we haven't talked about, uh, Treshawn Ward today, switching over to the offense, tweets out a picture of him in the hospital. I imagine I'm not that's... laughing at that. I'm laughing at FSU's depth chart, which is so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was great timing. I love it. Yeah. Um, he, now so... he's, he's in one of those surgical caps, right? He's seen in a sling in the game. I mean, maybe you can deduce that he's probably having a dental procedure, right? <laughs> That's true. I, I, would, I would guess maybe he's getting his wisdom teeth out or something like that before the like the Clemson game, not not the bye week. I think it's likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's on the death chart still. I, th- these guys, I mean, I don't know why they put one out. It, it, it's just having fun with it at this point. Yeah. Uh, Got to click, uh, got to got to chuckle at it. So, look, you know, I, I said maybe that's collarbone, maybe that's shoulder, something. It's going to be a while until you see a Trayshawn Ward, unfortunately, whatever, despite what the depth chart says. Um, that will be interesting. I I love Trey Benson. Uh, I'm, yeah, we I'll need be, to have this talk. This, this is important. Be interested to see what he looks like as a number one back. And, uh, you know, you, you may find a kid that has a little bit more success as he gets more carries in a game. You may have a problem on your hands here as well um it would it, it's it will be interesting i will say for the offensive line that you have right now ward is really good at turning a negative one into a plus three and i don't know that benson can do that and and specifically here it's because trey benson is a builder of speed okay he's kind of like james wilder in that wilder had really impressive top end speed when he got going benson does too However, he does not have great acceleration. You know, you don't have that with him. And the problem is with the amount of traffic that he's having to try and negotiate around in FSU's backfield right now due to the penetration because the offensive line gets whipped or the tight ends get smoked or there's a well-timed run blitz or what have you, he is not as effective as that. You know who else was not very good at that? Derrick Henry. Okay. But – Bama, when he was there, didn't really have a whole lot of backfield penetration. When he when he got to the Titans, Tennessee had to kind of change how they block some things too because he's a guy who needs to build up to that top speed and then hit the hole going hard, and then he's really hard to bring down. We see this a lot with big backs. It's actually really rare for a big back to not have this. Like Jerome Bettis is kind of the one that I would point to to where it's like he actually had good first-step quickness. He also didn't have much as far as top-end speed. So that's sort of different but but Benson is definitely a a builder like he's faster than he is quick Ward is definitively quicker than he is fast like mm-hmm. if yep. Ward goes to the combine I think he'll probably run a pretty bad 40 as far as compared to what people think and obviously we hope Treshawn gets healthy from 
his dental procedure. Uh, but Benson is not a good fit right now for what you have going on in your backfield, and that's problematic. Toa Philly actually kind of did some of the Houdini stuff in the second half for you that Ward uh, was doing in the first half. The problem is, like, Toa Philly is not really physical. So losing Ward here, it's not a huge deal, but it is a, a deal for a team that is it, – it, it's going to hurt you. It's not a huge sure. deal. It's a big deal, though. I mean, yeah. it's significant. It, it absolutely is. So just because of styles, you know, it, it, it yeah, style and he masks, he, he helps to mask a deficiency. And I'm not sure your other running backs do. So, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, again, we've got time to see how that plays out and we can talk more about that on Thursday. Uh, do want to thank our friends, uh, the legendary team, Chad and Shannon, FSU home loan, um, 844 FSU loan, excuse me, the legendary team and the legendary team has uh, put their their legendary team when they're where their mouth is contributed $250 to each loan closed um, to rising sphere. And uh, I know this is something that Chad has wanted to do for a while. And I salute him and Shannon for finding a channel that they can get involved and uh, excited to see uh, where that's going. And uh, if they're, popping off $250 for each loan closed, then, uh, you know, history would say they're going to be decent supporters of Rising Spear and uh, look forward to seeing what that relationship turns into. Uh, as we're fond of saying, Bud's used them twice. I would have used them had I bought a house about six weeks later uh, than I did. Shannon is legitimately the best guy you can work with in that industry. 844-FSU loan. Give him a call. You won't be, uh, you won't find better people to work with. All right, other things that we need to be, to be talking about here. Um, Real quickly, if I can improvise. Yeah. I don't like talking like down to people or telling them what they should think or whatever else. I'd be hesitant about going around talking about the fact that Florida State should be 6-0 right now. If oh, Florida yeah. State gets up 28-7 to on a team and beats them and their fan base tells me about how they're lucky they should have won that game or whatever, I'm going to laugh at them. And I, I realized the way the weight game played out. I think you probably are wearing a little bit of a garnet and gold set of glasses if you're if you're talking about the fact that you should be six and zero. There are people that think FSU should have won the weight game. That is a um, point of conversation. Yes. Ooh, okay. Um, hmm. This is why eventually DraftKings will want to be our sponsor. <laughs> Right. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I, four, four and two is an appropriate record for you right now, for sure. Okay. You did not outplay Louisville by a significant margin. That was a close game. You won it. You won a close game against LSU. Now, you made it close by some, some real dumbassery at the end of the game. I thought you controlled it for about the first, you know, 48 minutes or so. Four and two is, is a very appropriate record at this point. Yep, it is. And, and if you want to say you should be five and one, I'll sit there and agree with you. And sure. and that's a little bit of a homer, but we can be homer sometimes. You should you should yeah. have won Saturday night. Sucks you didn't. Nothing else to say. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm total agreement there. Um would you play Armella? Yeah, I think I would, man. Uh I ha I have changed on this a little bit over the course of the year. Um Again, if you if you're getting abused uh, and 
I admire Jazz. think the kid's working hard, trying everything he can. Uh, but if you're getting abused, I'd rather get abused by a kid that can learn from it and is going to contribute in two years uh, and be a, a massive piece out of what you build around. And you, it's going to be embarrassing a couple times. I mean, not that you're not getting that with some of your other offense line selections. I'm just saying, look, you throw out a true freshman out there. He's going to make mental mistakes. He's going to get physically uh, embarrassed a couple times. That's fine. I, I'm fine learning on the job at this point. Uh, I, I don't do it this weekend. But if you want to tell me that you're rolling with Armella after the bye week moving forward, I, I have no problem at all. I uh, uh, I might play him some this weekend. Just be like, I don't know. It depends on, on what you think your shot is to win. I think they have a shot to win the game if Clemson makes a lot of mistakes mm. and doesn't get certain guys back. A yeah. shot. Now, I'm not, I'm not predicting it. I'll, I'll, spoiler, I'm not picking up a shooting this game. I... um. I, I don't ask that that kid's introduction to college football be blocking uh, number three and Brian Brzee or whatever. I oh, did you see Xavier Thomas is back, by the way? Xavier Thomas is number three had, for, for oh, those right, that yeah. aren't numerically familiar with Clemson's roster. Like, I'm a moron and just throwing that out casually. But, yeah. He played six snaps and had two sacks and four pressures. Mm, yeah. Just working his way back in. So, Former look, Xavier Thomas, it's always an issue of – Motor and focus with him. And that health, is his, yeah. As talent, yeah, and health, health helps as well. But uh, super talented kid. Uh, should we share what our prize picks were over the weekend? Because this was... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Had a good one. Mitchell just uh, mentioned it there in the chat. Uh, prize picks. Oh, boy. I have loved this. This has been fun, man. <laughs> I mean, I my, my girlfriend on uh, Friday nights basically just tells me, like, see you later because she knows I'm going to stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning Beyonce. watching Beyonce. Yeah, Fiance. She's watching Fiance. this. You should call Absolutely. her Fiance. I, I made that uh, mistake a couple times. It was fun. I mean, I had a nice weekend. I'm not going to bore you all. But, look, if, if you looked at the tweet that we put out on Friday, I think 9 out of 10 hit. Or, or 8 out of 9 because there was one duplicate on both cards. Uh, so 8 out of 9 hit. Look, y'all, I would make small, small dollar tickets and high number of tickets. And if you can, you know, there's always a little bit of a promo out there or a free pick or something like that. Use it wisely. Coupon code NOLCAST. We've had some success with this, and I think you can have some success, too. And you'll have a hell of a lot of fun. It is it is it's it makes me appreciate the broader world of college football a lot more. And I'd. I know a lot more about some uh, Mountain West teams than I ever would have <laughs> otherwise. So, uh, did, did, did you stay fix. up to watch the San Jose State game? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I had two yeah, kids okay. on that one, and I was hoping for uh, just a, a miracle to find that Crooks uh, wide receiver. A few more fantasy points. But uh, on the whole, it was a great weekend for me. I legitimately, guys, I played 11 tickets, and I won 11. Now, I only hit the you know the bonus multiplier twice. Um, two of them were the win three out of five and you get, you know, six the or flex 40, pick. 40% of your thing back or whatever. So that's a, if you want to call that, it's a loss, that's a loss, whatever. But it was a, it was a great weekend. So fun times, fun times. This weekend is insane, by the way, for games. Like, obviously, if you're a Noel fan, you're, you're watching Clemson, Florida State. But the other games are really pretty nice too. This is, uh, this is definitely a, a, a DVR weekend. If, if you, like, it's, what was that original DVR called? Not not Fandango. Uh, TiVo, I think it was. For for man, we're we're old heads now, I guess. With got some great coming in. TiVo was the TiVo. Uh, was the original kind of technology. Yeah, absolutely. This, this would be a weekend that you would like. 
that TiVo would make all your money on. He's like, man, how am I going to watch all these games? I want to go back and watch one. I only have, you know, this is, there's so much good stuff going on this weekend. And I, can you imagine if FSU pulls this off? It would be. It'll, it'll make last Saturday night feel like a transitory, or, you know, a fleeting moment of disappointment. Uh, so, yeah, no, it would be it would be incredible. Uh, and, you know, we can talk more about it. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, even even if you don't go, we, we realized that four and three was had some had a decent amount of likelihood to it. And uh, doesn't mean you can't recover. And, and uh, you know, to say that you're going to win your next five games is probably hoping on, you know, one too many favorable coin flips, but uh, you can come out and, and win four out of five and have it a, a de- decent degree of momentum and pair that back-end momentum with a 4-0 start, put a decent class together, and, and let's go. Let's see where we're going with this thing. 100%. Um, I think elsewhere in the conference, do we want to do a little uh, little, little note spot present of our friends at Congruity? Yeah, we can uh, bounce around a little bit. Uh, Matt Lewis has uh, been great for our, our business, been great for my business. Uh, spend 10 minutes with him, five minutes about talking about the Knowles. I can assure you, Matt loves Florida State football uh, and <laughs> and emotionally feels it just as much as we do uh, when it doesn't go right. But uh, no, give him a call. Uh, great guy, recently actually promoted to president of Congruity, so he's, he's doing a Congrats, fantastic man. job and um, he's been a, a great person to work with. So if you want, I'm fond of saying this, if you want a third-party introduction, uh, I'm happy to do so. You can reach out to me on Twitter uh, or the Nolcast email account. Uh, but Matt Lewis, whether it be uh, payroll, HR, anything else that can help your business, uh, just as we'll try to help you by giving you an idea as to what's out there on the ACC slate, Matt Lewis can help you and your business. Let's go to uh, Georgia Tech real quickly, bud. I, I still think this is a game that Florida State can and will win, uh, but Georgia Tech is now picked up two wins in a row, sits at three and three, and uh, had a had a nice little performance against Duke on Saturday. So something yeah, to monitor. It, I agree. It's a little bit tougher out than I thought it was going to be. Um, I guess you can never know how a team is going to play when uh, when they fire their coach. They seem to be playing hard and. Jeff Sims is playing okay. Duke is a okay team this year. Athletically, they're still a little bit limited, but they're they're okay. Um, I would still favor FSU, you know, decently in this ballgame. Just just what I've seen so far. Uh, Georgia Tech did beat Pitt over the week or two weekends ago, but that was a very much like a crazy turnover fueled game in an absolute downpour. And I'm just a little. I don't know. We, we, we've all seen those those rain games before, and, and weird things does seem to happen in those. Um, people want to talk about conference rumors going around. I mean, we—I don't think we can say anything more than we said. What what show was that? That we—it's uh, about six weeks ago. I, I, it's a good question. I don't know. It was after August fifteenth. We specifically waited until yeah. So it's right around September first. We waited until August fifteenth because whenever you talk about conference realignment. People's immediate extrapolation is, oh, it's happening next Tuesday or whatever. Uh, that's not the conversation that we had. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to go back and give that a listen, I think our sentiment remains uh, where we are there. Yeah. Um, wasn't the wasn't the bi-week special, right? Uh, it was, yeah, it might have been after. It was before the, LSU, right? 
Uh, yeah, I think so, because I, I didn't much feel like doing a game review on Duquesne. I think that's probably the episode, if I if I remember correctly. It's, right, so it's the game after, or it's the podcast, one of the podcasts immediately after the Duquesne game. I could be wrong. One so of our LSU listeners was the will tweet the third, us. and it was in, it was after August fifteenth. Yeah, it's right there, right right at the end of August, first of September. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, guys, my guess here is that anybody sp- spreading conference rumors right now is catching stuff that we had like seven weeks ago, most likely. Like I'm, I'm confident in what we had and what we spoke on seven weeks ago, as far as like what we need to happen. And what could happen? I don't have anything like new that I've heard today on this, but you know, I'm not going to shoot anything down. Certainly, because I don't have anything to shoot down. Uh, but if you haven't listened to the episode, strongly encourage you to do so. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty instructive on this topic. Okay, uh, a couple things here on FSU schedule going forward. We just talked about Georgia Tech, uh, Miami. This is actually kind of important. So Arroyo, they're tied in. One of their tight ends, rather, is going to miss a while. Uh, we know Restrepo is probably going to miss the FSU game, I would think. There's some chance he gets back. Jacoby George, their other receiver, should get back. However, and this is like you hate to see injuries, but FSU suffering a lot of them. So you do need to track what other teams have going on with injuries. And right now, man, uh, Miami's got some other, other guys that are out. And I don't know how long they're going to be out, but. Zion's not playing for them right now. They're they're left tackle. And they also had let me see if I can find this here. Yeah, they got uh another offensive lineman out. Uh where, where are we at here? So uh Justice uh Aluluasan is out, and then they also lost their center, Ja'Kai Clark. Now I think Ja'Kai Clark's coming back. Justice might be out for a while. They played uh who did they play? Uh, Logan Sagapolu from Oregon, and his PFF rating was like almost negative. So, I mean, look, they only scored what they score on uh, on North Carolina 28, 27. Pretty, pretty bad. When you look at what other teams have done to that defense, pretty pedestrian performance. Yeah, Absolutely. North Carolina is terrible defensively. So, uh, Miami's defense, I, I think, is pretty good. Tyreek Stevenson should be back, but I mean, there's some chance that Miami just is bad offensively. We'll, we'll see what they do this weekend against the Hokies. But I mean, we've been kind of all over this, right? And this was pre-injury, and now it, it's it's only exacerbated. Uh, Syracuse, we'll see. I, I'm Syracuse plays NC State this weekend without Leary. Uh, Leary's not necessarily. Uh, needing surgery, but there's no timetable for him to come back. So if you're him, do you come back? Or do you just get healed up for a pro day? Like throwing those receivers in that offense, I might just kind of, you know, um, who knows. But Syracuse to me has been sort of backsliding a little bit after their really hot start. So I'm I'm curious to watch how they play in this ballgame. Louisiana had a bye week this weekend, so we'll see what they do. And Florida continues to look poor on offense, but they did have a pick six against Missouri. Missouri's quarterback is terrible. Uh, I had the under 54 in that game and had some under 55 and 56 from earlier this week. And if I lost that, I was going to throw things, which I usually don't like get too upset about stuff. But 
both these offenses were, were not anything good and just the number of turnovers and ridiculous and special team stuff that set up short short uh fields to score anyway like fsu if they get healthy will have a chance to uh be pretty effective against florida's offense if they get healthy if they don't then florida's own line is actually not that bad and they could push you around Our man uh, Cedric asked about any Clemson injuries. We'll go over this, uh, you know, in, in depth uh, on Thursday. Their secondary is exceptionally banged up. We just talked about that legitimately. Has a chance of maybe seeing some third stringers out there. Uh, but we'll remind you if you're going to the Clemson game or if you're in Tallahassee for any reason, Charlie Park is Tallahassee's best rooftop bar. People that we have been fortunate to partner with since 2015. That makes me feel old in and of itself. Uh, but Matt Thompson is a, as great of a guy as we could have, as great of a guy as understanding the experience of being a Florida State athletic supporter. And, uh, you know, whether it be Charlie Park Township or, or Madison Social, always thank those people for making podcasts like these possible. Being able to go for an hour on a Monday night is uh, not something that we would be able to do without uh, the sponsors that we have. And we thank you for the support that you've given them. Um, let's see, who else do we have on the schedule left? Uh, anybody else that we didn't discuss as far as the remaining schedule? Well, the bowl opponent, which currently is projected by CBS Sports to be Illinois in the pinstripe bowl in New York. Oh, we might, I might have to go to that game, bud. I, I may not I mean, make the game, but I will go to New York to cover it, uh, to cover but, it. Um, but, you know, we are, are kidding. We are definitely going to cover the game. That is the purpose of our trip. To New York. Yeah, I, Thank I, you. I, told, I don't I told need Mag. my Sicilian accountant texting me being like, if you ever put air quotes up again. No, but definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, that would be fun. I mean, that's a team like Illinois is playing pretty well, but that would be an interesting gig. Did you watch the ridiculous Iowa drive against Illinois this weekend? I didn't, man. I I, uh, I was caught up. I had a lot of prize picks on the Iowa State game. I think that was, or no, that oh, might have been, that might have been after. Yeah. Uh, that was a was the Iowa three thirty game. Um, oh, Iowa uh, Illinois was definitely a night game. A night game. Okay, so so was Iowa State, and that's where my uh, that's where one of my three screens was dedicated. I, I needed Xavier, uh, oh, whatever their wide receiver, Xavier Hutchison, to have a little bit more points, but uh, all right. I can't watch it, man. I can't. I can't watch Iowa offense. I, I can. It's, I can tell okay. enough just by following you on Twitter that I don't need to watch that damn Iowa offense. And and it, you know the scores kind of tell you a, little, a decent amount as well. But it is too much. Uh, I, it's it. I I almost use PTSD, which is inappropriate. It's just too similar to the Jeff Bowden situation for me to be able to watch and not uh, just hate it. So I stay away from it intentionally. Right, this this actually involves two punts, one drive. All right, this is just fantastic. Speaking of mine, this here, I think it ends in a missed field goal. Where where was this at? Sorry, this is really a you know we're we're in we're in minute number sixty two. It's. 10 30 at night if you guys are still hanging around it's probably because you like us not because the content and minute 62 is all that interesting i will find this though it is quite amazing it's a quarter two anyway it, um yes a lot of suggestions for your cover three partner tom fornelli should that matchup happen oh yeah and uh we will we'll certainly get him on absolutely uh 
I, okay, I can't find this right now, but basically it was like an 11 play 17 yard drive that involved two punts and a fumbled punt and some other. It, I don't know how to describe this. It, it was pretty wild. And this is a total Jeff Bowden situation. You're right. I mean, they have, it's literally the head coach's son. And I just feel bad for all those Iowa players. He had 222 yards on 66 plays. Mm, yeah. Against Illinois. I'm having, good. like, you know why I hate Iowa right now? Because I'm having to take and manually go through and decide how much to downgrade Illinois' defense. And basically, everybody who has played Iowa, I need to go ahead and downgrade them. Because I'm like, this is actually like nonsense. Mm-hmm. And if you just use sort of unadjusted stats, it's telling you that Illinois is the number three defense in the country. And statistically, they are, but I don't really know that that is. Do you really think there's only two defenses in, in the nation that are better in Illinois? I don't. Like, I mean, I love Brett Bielema's cool and all, but uh, so yeah, Iowa. But it would be fun to play this Illinois team. Um, they had uh, Tommy DeVito. If you ever wondered, remember Syracuse quarterback Tommy mm-hmm. DeVito? Yeah. Love that kid. His dad actually saved uh, saved my gear one time uh, from getting wet at the opening because a rainstorm rolled in and I was on the other side of the field. So uh, shout out Mr. DeVito. I forgot, forgot his first name. He got hurt in this game. But if you ever wondered, like Syracuse, how would they look with DeVito if they had a real offensive line for him? Illinois, Iowa blocks it up pretty – or Illinois blocks it pretty well. And uh, he looked okay. You know, he was 6 of 11, 42 yards. Pre- prior to that, uh, he looked pretty good. So, you know. Oh, man. I'm kind of tapped out. Uh, let me see. Uh, who is this? Uh, Cedric in the chat, uh, yeah, just hit us nolcast at gmail.com and we'll, uh, we'll get you that information there. I appreciate the uh, relief efforts getting down, get down to Fort Myers. That's awesome, man. So I, sorry, I, I don't want to, I don't know how you say this without sounding conceited. I, if you DM me about it, I, I get a lot of DMs, dude. I, I probably got like two or 300 from Oklahoma state fans who were pissed off at me. So it's probably just <laughs> lost in there somewhere. You know, oh, that's gotta be fun. That's like, you don't, fun. You, you don't think Oklahoma State is a top 10 team? Like, I said, they might be. I said, I'm just not convinced they certain, like, that there are no doubt top 10 team. Oh, uh, speaking of Oklahoma, and we are freestyling here in minute 66. Uh, is, is it Bill Connolly that had that piece today out about the almost the inability to track exactly how bad Oklahoma is right now? And yeah. that Vegas can't keep up with it. It's, a, it's an interesting read. Um, very interesting read if that's the type of stuff that you like to dive a little deeper into in college football. For sure. Uh, by the way, injuries I think are happening around the sport a lot right now to quarterbacks too. I don't know if you've seen, if you thought about this, but um, remember back in 07, what a nuts year we had, like LSU won the national title with two losses. Mm, yeah. I mean, by far like USF was the number two team in the country for like two weeks. Uh, if you think back though, West Virginia lost both games that Pat White got hurt in. USF and uh, Pitt, USC had John David Booty as their starting quarterback, and the two games that he missed were the two games that they lost that year. Uh, you had Matt Flynn get hurt and get really dinged up in their two overtime losses for the eventual national champion LSU, and then you also had uh, Dennis Dixon, the Oregon quarterback. This is the gross knee injury where it looks like like his knee just like mm-hmm. like looks like his leg, the top part of his leg falls off. And he just like collapses, right? Uh, against 
Arizona. So other teams are getting hurt too. Injuries are not that big of a deal unless they happen in certain cluster spots. And in this case, that's what you're dealing with Tallahassee. It might be what Miami's dealing with too right now. They got they got three guys out. So we and it see. might be what Clemson's dealing with. And that's what we'll talk about on in Thursday. The secondary. Yeah. Their secondary has had some uh some spots. And if you're gonna have success, it will be uh, uh very much tied to that unit, I have a feeling. So um no doubt. Doug, awesome, you man. want to wrap here? 60, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm a little tired. 68 minutes is pretty good. Appreciate everybody hanging out in the chat with us. And, uh, yeah, Bryce Young hurt as well. I think Bryce will play this weekend. That line is uh, – uh, there's enough people invested to where they're going to grease some kind of trainer or student assistant, right, to they'll, – they'll know if Bryce practiced or not. And for that line to be sitting at seven and a half and not be hedged at, like, three or something, mm-hmm. or, you know, if it was Bryce not playing, Tennessee would be, like, a, a one-point favorite. You know, they're they're sitting at seven and a half for a reason. Bryce is playing, in my opinion. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Like and subscribe. Make sure you tell your friends. See you Thursday. Thursday it should be. Until then, thank you as always. Get a chance to uh, give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform uh, you consume this on. Always appreciated. Shout out to the Patreons uh, for making this possible, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.